Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls and they support the West Coast board riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app and you can pre-order, prepay, and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants, oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Uh, welcome, listeners. Uh, we're pretty pumped this week. We got an awesome guest. 
has one of the most, uh, I guess, extensive variety of board sports equipment in Maui. Has a f- multiple locations. Um, we're really stoked to talk to Kim Ball from Maui's High Tech Surf Shop. Thanks, Ken. Aloha. Woo! Yeah. Aloha. So, yeah. Aloha. Um, so you're uh, where at right now? You're in the back of the store in the in the. I'm in my uh, messy office. Can guys see? Can they see this podcast or what? No. But, no. Okay. but you know what? I. Uh, do me a favor and, and do that, and then I'll I'll videotape it right now. Go ahead. This is the messiest office on Maui, so uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Amazing. It's kind of my whoa. My how yeah. big is your how big is your space? Um, I don't know. It's a little. It's bigger than it looks because it's all full of crap. So uh, <laughs> we have we have a lot of. That's where we keep the prizes for the surf contest and. Uh, and we do an annual sale every year and we give away tons of stuff. But obviously this year we couldn't have the sale. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I like being in the, in the bad cave. Yeah. Nice. That, that leaves you more uh, square footage of selling space out in front. Exactly. That's the retailers <laughs> talking right there. So Kim, let's start at the beginning. How did you, uh, how'd you find the love of surfing? Jeez. That's a hard one because I, you know, I grew up. My my mom's a local girl, but I grew up in the Midwest. Um, my mom uh, grew up in Hilo, and uh, she went to University of Missouri. You know, back in uh, she graduated in 1947, and uh, met my dad. You know, he was going to school on the GI Bill. He had served in World War II, and so they got married. Back then, it was against the law, right? My mom's uh, mom's Asian. My dad's Caucasian, so. Uh, it was against the law in Missouri, so they had to go to Iowa, cross the state line to get married. Wow. So um, wait, it was against the law for Asians to marry Caucasians? Yeah, any yeah interracial marriages in there. It's like twelve states it was against the law. All all southern states. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so they were trailblazers, both of them. My mom especially, but because uh, you know both sides of the both sides of the family on my dad, and my mom's side were kind of against it because. They're wondering what their kids would turn out to be like. So, and then, yeah. So you can see they got a lot to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So that's that's kind of your home home then is like or or where you where your parents are from, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Nebraska, and then um, uh, I think my first time to Hawaii was in '69 to visit family. We have a lot of you know family on Oahu, even though my mom's from the Big Island. Her dad was from Oahu, so um, that's the first time. I, First time I surfed, but we were only there a couple of weeks, you know. So, um, you know, I didn't really come back again until I was out of college. It was 1980. I was, uh, um, at the time, I was teaching skiing in Heavenly Valley and working at Harris at night and just scraping by like ski bum. And then uh, came out here to visit family in 1980 and uh, ended up on Maui, visiting some other friends. And, you know, third day I was here, I was bartending on Front Street. So, uh, wow, you got plugged in early. Yeah, and then uh, that was the windsurfing boom. So I really got into windsurfing and riding waves with a sail. And then um, that was uh, a crazy time that this, the, it was the fastest growing sport in the world back then. You know, um, you know, guys like Jerry Lopez and you know, a lot of the North Shore Wahoo guys were starting to wave ride with the sail. Yeah. And um, and so uh, I really wanted to get out of the bar business. My wife had 
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. At a little retail store, and uh, my pastor, Ricky Ryan, he's, he's a surfing champ from the 60s. Back, he used to write for Gordon Smith. But he was wow. one of my good uh, windsurfing buddies. And uh, there was this guy, Craig Masonville. He had a little shop in Paia, started in 1982, called High Tech. And he was a board shaper and just a... Paul Bunyan guy, you know, just yeah. uh, really respected. And uh, so, uh, but he didn't have much of retail things. And so Ricky and I thought we'd be good partners. And we both knew Ricky, but didn't know each other. And then, um, so we met over breakfast. This is 1984 at, at Dillon's. It's no longer there. It's now Flatbread's Pizza. But uh, we met over breakfast. I don't even think we had breakfast, but we, we both knew Ricky. We shook hands, became partners, never had any kind of written formal contract, no attorneys. And, wow. and then, um, I opened the Kahului store, and then um, basically in 1990, uh, Craig entered the ministry full-time and wanted out. And by that time, he had hurt his back and really couldn't shape anymore. He'd been an animal for so long. And then uh, so we worked out a you know, buyout over a few years, and Craig went in the ministry full-time, and then you know I just was by myself. Wait, wait, wait. We, we've gone too fast here, Kim. <laughs> Let's go back to you growing yeah. up in Nebraska. So... Yeah. You, how old were you on that first trip to Hawaii? I think I was 16. Wow, okay. So you didn't see... Was that the first time you saw the ocean? No, I've been to California one time, I think. You okay. Know? But the first time I'd been in Hawaii, and uh, my brother and I, um, I think we took a surf lesson out at Kaiser's or something like that. And, uh, you know, I had a great time. And we might have went out a couple more times. And, but, yeah. That was that was sixty nine. Wow, and surfing was kind of what? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the 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 time. What? Who were the big surfers? Were you were you like? Uh, did you know about surfing and and was it something you wanted to do? Like being you know, knowing that your your mom was from Hawaii, did you always think about like wow what it what it would be like to live on an island and and like surf? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny, not really because, you know, if you know anything about Hilo, you don't have the best beaches. So my mom, even though she was born and raised there, she never knew how to swim. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were big water people then, you know. Yeah. Um, we had water skied and that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, so not really. I was, because in Nebraska, the thing to do was, you know, if you could afford it, was go to Colorado and ski. Okay. So uh, when I finally got to college, I went to the University of Nebraska, you know, we... <clears throat> take off on these cheap ski trips, you know, sleep in the car and ski. So that, yeah, 
So I really didn't think about surfing. Yeah. At so all. You, you came, know? you just, you came to Oahu and you just saw like people surfing. You're like, I might as well go try it. I'm here yep. for a couple weeks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of cool girls in bikinis, you know, not the <laughs> bikinis they wear now, but you know, bikinis back then. Yeah. How, how about skateboarding? Did, did Were you ever introduced into skateboarding? No, no. Never really skated. Yeah. Yeah. Even though there was a skateboard company, I think it was called Sokol, that was like 45 minutes north of our house. I see them on eBay and I have a couple of the ones with the old metal wheels, but yeah, never really skated. Yeah. Okay. So so skiing was, was uh, kind of your um, passion and, and uh, hobby. Well, yeah, it was, I'd say it was a passion. I mean, it's so much a passion that when I graduated um, from college, I moved to Aspen, you know, and I, oh, I wow. ski basically, you know. Uh, I was going to ski for one winter and then hit the real world, and then uh, that was a, that was the drought year, um, 76, 77. I mean, they opened the mountain for free on Christmas Day, and I remember I had a new pair of skis, and I just chunked them up. They were rock skis after that first day. <laughs> but, uh, so then I, I figured I got screwed on that year, you know, so I had to stay another year. So that led to another year. And then what, what did you go to college for, Kim? Uh, well, <laughs> I majored in pre-dentistry my first two years, but I hated inorganic and organic chemistry and zoology and everything else. So I switched to journalism. So that's what? So all my prerequisites, you know, all my, uh, sorry, all my electives were in, uh, Chemistry, zoology, and biology, which everybody usually takes easy classes at for their GPA, right? And yeah. Mine were all these. So you were going to try to be a dentist? Yeah. Yeah. And then you hated chemistry and yeah. flipped it to journalism? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always could write, you know. I okay. Always, um, you know, school newspaper. I, I wrote for the, uh, my freshman year, I wrote for the, covering the uh, University of Nebraska football team for the. Uh, campus paper and so always had that it was just kind of a hobby yeah so that was an easy transition then going from you know those hard classes to journalism you're like this is great <laughs> so much better can't even tell you how much so better. who who was leading you to dentistry you know um i had a uh, i guess a dentist in our family you know not my family but a family friend yeah um and I, I don't know why probably money i don't money. know <laughs> yeah it would have been a great lucrative but hard road but a great career and prestigious career. But yeah, if you're not going to like it, then you're going to hate it. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way I could have done that. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, lot, a lot of school too. That's like many, many years of, of school. But when you're 18, really, do you know what you want? I mean, I don't even know what I want now. I'm 67. So, <laughs> so, so you out. moved from Nebraska to Aspen. Yeah. Okay. And big change. <laughs> big change. Yeah. And you lived there for two years? Uh, three. Three, yeah, okay. Three winters. And then I moved to Tahoe. And because uh, all these California guys are telling me how great Tahoe was. So, yeah. which we, the winter I moved there, 79, uh, actually was an awesome year in Tahoe. Nice. And, uh, so it was, it was a good choice. But normally, it's not well, like that. <laughs> what were you doing for work? Well, I taught skiing in Heavenly Valley, and then I was working at Harris at night. And of course, when you get you start working at a casino, you come in. Back then, in '79, it was at the bottom of the barrel, 
you're the change guy. You're the one guy walking around to change for the for the grandmas with the gloves on the slot machines. You're kidding me. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was a change guy. So, At Harris Casino. Yeah, in Tahoe. Yeah. But I gave you and, probably uh, great great hours because they're open all 24 hours probably, and you get to ski during the day and then go work at nights. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Exactly right. And when I got to Tahoe, I was broke because I had knee surgery um, from a ski accident, jumping a cabin or something. And so I had knee surgery that summer. And uh, so I was dead broke when I got to Tahoe. So I had to work two jobs. So uh, uh, I couldn't really take advantage of being the, the fun ski instructor because I had to work right after Yeah. <laughs> teaching all day. So what, what did you do there? Te teach in the morning and then work uh i work yeah work the change thing and then that, that didn't last too long and then if you're there a little while there's jobs open up and then i got the i got the killer job i worked the uh, south shore room the uh, stage you know like where john denver plays and that kind of stuff okay so that was like the easiest job in the casino you know because you'd uh you'd be a stagehand and you'd only have to work when you change the sets when the curtain drops so uh you just try to stay awake in between songs you know? <laughs> so, you get to you get to see some good shows then though, huh? Yeah, John Denver is probably the coolest. You know, he's the man. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was cool. So, what? Uh, when did you finally leave Tahoe? Where'd you go after that? Then I came to Maui. I just came to go visit some family and and uh, see my grandparents. Uh, I was on my way to see my aunt and uncle on the Big Island. I stopped on Maui to see an old friend from Snowmass from Aspen, and that's when I stayed. So, yeah. Was that your first time to um, Maui? Because you've been to Oahu at 16 and then you've been to the Big Island for family? Yeah, that was my first time. Yeah. Okay. yeah I just, uh, I think we'd, stand, we'd, we'd stop, you know, maybe in, in 69, you know, just to, uh, you know, drop off people and pick up pastors back then. But, uh, but yeah, that was really the first time I was on Maui. We flew into. That was, you, you felt the connection there out of the other islands, huh? That was the one. Yeah, it was just so much fun. And, uh, you know, plus I had a good job, you know, bartending jobs on Front Street in those days were pretty lucrative. And so to get it offered as soon as I got there, that was, that was pretty cool. So uh, nice. were you bartending before? Yeah, I, I learned in college and then I, and then I bartended in Aspen too. So, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was a good way to make some money. Yeah. I, I heard, I heard you had a couple, uh, other amazing jobs as you're, as you were younger working, uh, working the local fairs. Work in the meat meat market or meat meat uh meat packing plant. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That slaughtering, cleaning yeah, out. Yeah, well, the the uh, this is my senior year, and uh, the meat packing plant went on strike, right at the end of school. Worst time, so all these kids were getting hired. I mean, we got we were making the summer before. I made a dollar thirty an hour scooping horse, you know, horse and cow manure out of stables. And uh, so they were starting at 3.38 an hour. And so that was like no brainer. So myself and a bunch of my friends, we signed up and they hired so many people because they thought all the high school kids would get grossed out and quit. But the money was so good, we never quit. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, so they had guys pulling weeds outside the meatpacking plant for a while. So, uh, but yeah, I remember I, uh, my, uh, my job was separating stomachs. Oh. And one of my buddies, his job was cutting and tying assholes. And, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Wait a minute. My, uh, my, my mind just got 
cloudy. Like, I yeah, I, I can't even imagine that. So what? Why would they have to tie assholes? Well, because you don't want that stuff leaking out when it goes through the, uh, you know, after you know after it goes through the height puller, you know, all that stuff leaking out along the along the line, you know. So, uh, so he's up on he's up high and he's cutting around it and tying it off with a string. Oh. So imagine doing that for eight, doing that for eight hours. No, thank but you. My, but my job was way stinkier, way stinkier because the stomachs would come to be bloated with all that meal. And I'd have to cut them open and get them ready for the next guy to wash them. And that's what they make tripe out of, right? And so when you open every those, all those stomachs, is like one big fart in your face. So I had $8 a day. Yeah. And all wow. this undigested meal was in there. It was all green, like split pea soup. I mean, it was. <coughs> it, Bro. Gnarly. Don't cows have a couple of stomachs? Like, how do they, you know, to process all that? Yeah. I had the big one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you, they don't waste anything. I didn't eat hot dogs for a long time after that. I was, I was just going to say, I, I, did that turn you vegan or are you, are you still a meat lover? No, I love meat. Yeah, I grew up in Nebraska still, yeah. Yes. But, uh, but I got to say, hot dogs is on hold for a while, although now. Hey, I don't think, Kim, I, I'm glad we got you on the show because I don't think I've ever met anybody from a, a, a meat processing plant. And I don't think I ever will. That's incredible. No. I, and that's I, not the half. That's not the half of it because we're you know strike breakers. You know, um, the guys were hassling us. Oh yeah, we got, our, we got our we got our picture window broken out of our house. Buddy of mine got ran off the road. Another guy got his got his windows blown out with uh, M80s, and uh, so it was kind of gnarly. That's great because you're scabs, right? We're scabs, total yeah. scabs. But once college started, you know. They they settled the strike, <laughs> so, yeah. Because we all went back to school, so. That's funny you you mentioned hot dogs because, I think everything that left your uh, meat meat facility went to Oscar Meyer and that's where my grandpa worked to pay for college and he would never eat a hot dog in his entire life. He said everything would come and get processed and that's where they made all the you know Oscar Meyer dogs and he was like. So hot dogs. I was just saying all of that. Yeah, that process stuff coming out of the, probably the, the meatpacking uh, warehouse was going straight to Oscar Meyer, and that's where my grandpa worked uh, through college. I mean, what, what what kind of wild things did you see in that that like packing facility, like that meat, you know, like anything? Well, when we first start first started working there, you know, a lot of a lot of there was a lot of kidneys getting thrown at each other, and um, you know the uh, yeah, it was a lot of guys were getting kind of grossed out and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean it was. You know, when the COVID thing hit the Midwest, the meatpacking plants were the worst, right? And I can see why, because you're all working on the kill floor together. And, uh, you know, the guys that were uh, were banging them, you know, and uh, slitting the throats on them when they pulled them up with the, when they shackled them, those guys would come covered with blood. They wouldn't even wash off. They'd come and eat lunch and they'd just be covered with blood. I mean, they're diff different people that uh, oh. work for different jobs. Yeah. So you can see why COVID thing kind of spread through the meatpacking plants. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Among other things. Yeah. So you moved to Aspen, moved to Tahoe, then to Maui. Yep. Okay. And then you you kinda you kinda went quickly on how you, you got to high tech, but how did that how did that happen again? Well, I was looking to get out of the bar business because I was coaching wrestling too at the high school. 
and the last thing I wanted to do was have one of my wrestlers one day sit at the bar and I had to serve him a drink. So uh, even though it was, it was a good paying job and, and uh, you know, not the best hours, you know, for, for, for a newly married guy. So, uh, so I was really into windsurfing and my buddy, Ricky Ryan, our, he was our pastor of our church. Plus he was my windsurf buddy. He thought Craig and I would make great partners. And um, so that's when he brought us together. And uh, we didn't know each other, but we knew Ricky and trusted Ricky. So, um, yeah, we became partners. And then I opened, he had, he had a board outlet and he had a factory up in the cannery. And then uh, he had a, a board outlet on uh, in Paia, where Mana Foods is now. And, uh, but really not much of a retail presence. And so uh, didn't, even, didn't even carry any clothing or anything. So uh, we opened a store in Kahului in 1984. And then I remember the first the first clothing we carried was uh, Quicksilver board shorts, and I remember we put them in the Paia store, the board outlet, and we got broken into one night because we didn't really have a locked door. He had one of these things that you just you know, big uh, four by six. We just plopped down in front of it. So we got broken into. They didn't take any boards. They stole all the Quicksilver board shorts. <laughs> That's how hot they were back then. That's a trip. Yeah. Nineteen eighty four. They were blowing up. Yeah. So you you said your wife had retail experience, like what that, is that where you kind of partnered up with Craig? No, well I knew a little bit about this from what she was going through. She had a, she had a women's clothing store, yeah. and um, so I, I knew sitting in there sometimes when somebody calling sick, I have to go in there and sell dresses. I kind of knew a little bit about retail, and my folks were in retail, so knew a little oh, bit of them. So, uh, but not really the business side. And actually, I still don't know the business side that much. But uh, uh, more seat of the so, pants. So Craig was a pretty, pretty influential shaper in Maui. Was there was there other shapers at that time there? Yeah, he was he was like the main for waveboards for windsurfing. He was the guy. I mean, he was the yep. world world worldwide. Um, Ed Angulo moved over from the North Shore, um, and uh, was you know established a pretty good following. Uh, Jimmy Lewis was the main shaper for sailboards Maui. They were like the first sailboard really on. On island, yeah, there were, there were a bunch of good shapers. You know, Lopez moved over; he started shaping some sailboards. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but but Craig was was the innovator. You know, he came up with nice. the uh, asymmetrical can opener design that everybody was using back in the day. And um, plus, he was such a Paul Bunyan. You know, he charged big waves and didn't use a harness. Everybody used his harness in those days. You know, to strap into the boom, he never did. So, wow. so, so yeah, he, just an awesome guy. How long was his shop around before you came on board? Two years. Two years, yeah. okay. So pretty pretty early on. Yeah, he was still... He was really just Yeah, basically he was board outlet. He made some booms and universal joints too, but that's basically, basically what it was. He slept in the back on a workbench and think of, think of ways he could kill rats. Um, <laughs> was, yeah, so... That, he was a he was a minimalist, believe me. Wow, an awesome and, partner. And did uh, the pastor did he express wanting somebody else to partner up with, or it just kind of organically happened? Like organically happened. Yeah, Ricky just thought we'd be a good good match. Huh. And Craig was really he had a, you know we had a factory, and that's really what he wanted to do. This shape boards, he wanted anything to do with retail. Yeah. So yeah. it was a perfect marriage so to speak because he just ran the factory and i ran the retail and and uh our past never really crossed uh, other than that you know we sold the boards so what, uh, what was your uh parents uh retail company 
a retail we shop? Had, we, had a, we had a floor shop and greenhouse. Okay. And, uh, when I was, you know, in high school, I was delivery guy. I deliver flowers. So. Wow. That way I get away from them because it, yeah, it was too much to work with around them. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Get away from the uh, parents. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so. How much? How, if you don't mind us asking, how much was the the contract or arrangement or whatever? Like, how much did you have to pay to get in? No, I just what I did was I just opened up the Kahului store. So I invested the money that uh, I had saved and and uh, opened that store. You know, nice. Put inventory in it. Uh, you know, remodel it. It was a warehouse. And uh, so that was my equity to, to buy in. And okay. Then, so Craig's idea, his name. Yeah, best. automatically it was half his, you know. Yeah. And the fact, factory was still his, you know. Yeah. That was never part of it. He did the factory, you know, because he was good enough that he got royalties and stuff that uh, from board shapes that he did that uh, from like Mistral, F1, and different companies in Europe that uh, used his designs. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so he still had his whole factory thing, but half of retail that really wasn't doing much before and then quickly became something. Uh, what was your game plan? Did what, what did he ha start off with in the beginning? Um, well, he, like I say, he just had hard goods. He yeah. just had boards, um, some fins, universals and, and, uh, uh, some booms. So we brought in the whole gamut. So, uh, um, you started bringing in apparel and accessories and yeah, more, more equipment sales. You know, he never sold sales before, you know, and, uh, just, uh, you know, anything you needed to windsurf, yeah. you know, booties, whatever. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, so we hit the ground running and it was successful right out of the gate. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta look all year round over there. You got surf, you got wind, you got, tourism like when did you start um doing like rentals and stuff you know, right away because right it was away. Exactly. people were coming that was their dream from europe yeah. and japan was to come to maui to windsurf so um you can't really travel with those or you can it's really hard and expensive yeah i mean here, here guys this is how it was we'd have people waiting for uh frank henderson would come down with a load of boards on top of his little old maui cruiser strapped on like eight boards every Thursday or Friday, ones that weren't already ordered. And we'd have people waiting in the parking lot for him to come and un unload the boards. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Wow, and that's, then, the demand yeah, was just so high, huh? Yeah, and then Craig worked out a deal with Gordon Smith. Um, Gordon Smith started making our boards and then um, what you call it, uh, uh, North Shore Shaper, um, uh, I can't even remember. He still got a shop there. Um, started making our boards too. I think. Uh, um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember who who shaped it. Now it's been so long. But anyway, because we couldn't fill the demand, so they yeah. so they filled the demand more for the mainland, and yeah. uh, and for Maui, we still had a local factory in, in Haiku. Yeah, because Maui Hukipa, it's one of the meccas for windsurfing, right? Yeah, because yeah. the, the, you know the the you know the waves break so close to shore and the wind fills in, so it's great for contests. So yeah. it was always back you know back in the day, O'Neill sponsored a, a wave wave event down there. It was like a hundred fifty thousand dollar event. There weren't any, even any surf contests that had that much money back in the day. So you had all this European you know uh, influence, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty nuts. 
what was that like the clientele for people coming to like rent boards? Was there people that were experienced from coming from Europe and America, you know, the mainland, or was it just people saw it and they knew this was a place to come try it? Like, yeah, you know, it was more people that knew how to knew how to sail. Not, not sail our conditions, but but definitely we're introduced wherever they're like from. You, you didn't have to give lessons. You just rented equipment and did probably some lessons as well, right? Yeah, well, we, yeah, but lessons is a whole different deal, as you guys probably know. It's, it's a, oh, yeah. It takes somebody special to do lessons. So Alan Cadiz started school and uh, uh, really respected North Shore watermen. And so back in, I don't know, it might have been 84, 85, 86, I don't know. But anyway, we still work with him today. And uh, wow. he, he's, he's awesome. And yeah, he just has a little spot in our store and he has he had some other locations, but I think he's just down to this one. And uh, yeah, anybody that does what he does, more power to him. We'll do anything we can to support him. Yeah. So, I have no patience for, for instruction or, or teaching. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Well, especially out in the sun all day and in the water and uh, especially with windsurfing, it's got to be windy. So then you got that. So yeah, it's not, it's not an easy sport to teeth. I don't think. Yeah. I think yeah, you gotta love those elements. Yeah. So what what year was that when when you uh, opened up High Tech? Well, in Con Louis store we opened eighty four. That okay. was three. That was a couple locations ago, <clears throat> and then and then in nineteen ninety we opened a bigger location, and then ninety five we opened up this present location now. Okay. So how many locations do you have still? We have. Four. Um, the original Paya store, we moved across the street and uh, um, bought a building. And uh, and then uh, we opened in the mall, 1990. And then uh, we opened in Kihei, across from uh, Cove Park, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. Nice. So then, in the beginning, you're predominantly a windsurf, uh, windsurf shop, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then over the years, you incorporated more and more surfing and boogie boards and stuff like that yeah yeah we uh partnered with uh, matt kinoshita kazuma surfboards um he's one of the first guy local shaper very talented uh lloyd ishimini uh and uh these are these are young local guys and uh so yeah we said hey i want to carry your boards and they were yeah. stoked well they didn't really have any retail outlets and then and then kind of the the, the stamp of approval really came when uh, jerry lopez uh closed his store in paia and then uh, he said that we could sell his boards. And he didn't really have any retail locations in the whole state then. Yeah. And so I uh, went and met with Jerry at his, at his store. And so that was awesome, you know. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so we still, well, we have carried Lopez, but uh, trying to get boards from Jerry now is it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while we'll get an order, but. Yeah, he's he's so busy. He's and I can't I, say enough about he, Jerry and Matt. Yeah, I think I think he loves the uh, the snow more than you do. <laughs> yeah, although I saw somebody sent me a photo of him. Now uh, he was uh, he was winging a uh, foil, winging on a foil at uh, Lake Lopez or something in Bend. Wow. So, yeah, because I know he's got a condo now in Mexico and he's he's shortboarding again a ton and so. Uh, so yeah, I think he's he's torn again. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's a keep, keep moving. Yeah, that, that's a trip that you could foil on a uh, windsurf a foil. Yeah, with a wing, not even no, no mask, no no strings. In fact, that's what I was doing this morning. 
I'm learning how to do that. And uh, so I had to hustle back to get to get here at 11. But yeah, it's a trip, man. I'm still learning, but uh, it's it's hard learning new stuff at 67. But <laughs> Jerry, Jerry can do it. That gives me some hope, even though I'm yeah. nowhere near the athlete he is. That's incredible. Uh, our, one of our guests uh, a couple episodes ago, Jesse Fain. Huh? He he's a big time uh, wind wind surfer, kite surfer, and he's been doing a lot of foil uh, kite surfing too. Yeah, it looks hard. Yeah, yeah, that's just like it's mind blowing to see the progression of of surfing first and foremost, but then everything else that's coming out of it, right? The whole foil surfing, bigger, faster, bigger, faster, everything. Yeah. I know. The hardest thing, though, is is, is getting humbled again, guys. Because uh, you know, going back to square one and being the being the you know ultra kook, and uh, that definitely I was ultra kook out there today. So, uh, dude. Well, more power to you on that. I I I I can't do that, man. I stick to to one thing or two things: surfing and ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's that's all I can do. That's all I will do. Well, they, he gets, he gets you're, ready, you're, you're ready to learn how to play pickleball then. You got the skill set behind you. I, I've heard of pickleball. A lot of people, are you playing pickleball? I am. And and, and the funny thing is the young surfers here. Like, are getting into uh, it. Yeah. Emai, uh, Cody Young, uh, Logan Betamal. Yeah, I, I play with those guys and they just they eat me up. But uh, they're totally into it. <laughs> So pickleball is like a combination of volleyball and tennis. I'd say more like ping pong and tennis. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, bad, you bad right it, it's like the fast version of badminton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, like yeah, you guys are badminton. Do you, you guys learn fast? Yeah, I'm gonna have to Google like what what it, what it is because uh, I got a couple friends who's who's. Uh, who's starting to get into it and his, their parents are into it too. So it's like, wow, pickleball. Well, you know what, Lyndon, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the, how the, back in the longboard days, how longboarders started hating the shortboarders, you know, surfing their same waves. So same way as the tennis players now, because we can get two pickleball courts on one tennis court. <laughs> and so the tennis guys are all haters. It's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. So That's let's talk uh, talk more about the shop. So you, you've got four locations right uh -huh. and how many uh employees do you have um i think we have about 50. wow that's incredible is that 50 all year round pretty much or do you guys uh beef up in the summertime yeah we might spike up a little bit um up to 60 you know um summer wow although maybe not this summer <laughs> yeah right is is that typically the high season like june through august when everybody's out of school yeah, you know, um, yeah, June, July, August are good, and then uh, December is really strong. Um, yeah. The slowest month used to be January, you know, February, but even there, not too too bad. We well, you know, usually January, February for Maui, you know, for tourism is huge. So the the the, the tourist stores, you know, like where all the the Billabongs, the Quicksilvers, um, you know, those stores are really busy January, February, but. Um, you know, equipment we're riding because the waves are so gnarly, it probably slows down. Was yeah, we're more local store, and yeah. uh, we really found that out this summer. The locals have been super supportive, yeah, unbelievably supportive. So uh, um, we've been able to navigate through the summer 
pretty well considering, you know, yeah. even our one Kia store that's really uh, next door to Tommy Castleton's um, surf school. And a lot of our business came from there, even though he's been closed all summer. Uh, locals in, in Wiley and Kia really supported that store. Yeah. So was it challenging to get like hard goods this last few months? Um, like, like, you know, because of the demand, was it, you know, hard to get boards? You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been harder. Um, fortunately when we were able to open on May 12th, we had a ton of inventory. We were ready for spring break, right. When we had to close. So, you know, we were uh, fortunate then, but yeah, it's been hard, especially skate stuff, you know, the skate, uh, Skate companies are, are dry, but uh, we had we had enough inventory to get us through, and then we, you know, we got some. Uh, we got you know just got a bunch of Jimmy Lewis boards in. We've been waiting for it for a while, and Dave Plama brought some boards in on Saturday. We've been waiting for it for a while, and so yeah, we've been still been able. You know, Firewire's been pretty good about shipping us, and uh, you know, Pizel, and um, yeah, just have to wait. You know, uh, JS and Sharp. Uh, sharp eye. I mean, it's they're coming in slowly. Yeah. So. Well, that that's the crazy thing about this this uh, pandemic is uh, the unknown of like when you got. I mean, you were closed. You said for two months. Yep. So basically, all of March and and April, and yeah, a little bit much. of May. Yeah, all all of April and, and pretty much most of March and a little bit of May. Yeah, and and you know, like you were saying, you you kind of. A couple of you guys would, would work the store just to clean and whatever maintenance and people would come up and go, hey, I need some wax or hey, can I buy a leash or something? You were able to do that, right? Yep. yep. And we, even sold, we even sold some boards during that time, you know, but doors were locked, you know, and, uh, you know, we were social. And, he, and here's the crazy thing, guys. And, and I know if you guys, I'm sure that the shops around the country can relate. You know, we were we weren't deemed essential even though to our customers, we are essential, you know, sure. not just talking about boards, but I mean, all the accessories stuff to, you know, ding repair to fix boards, safety equipment, yeah. leash it, you know, helmets for skateboarding, you know, pads. So we were deemed essential, but, yeah. uh, but we weren't deemed and we had to close, but yet you go to Costco and Walmart, you could buy board, you know, you could buy all those uh, soft boards at, at, um, at Costco, you could buy skateboards at, at Walmart, but yet we had to be closed. Yeah. So that was, that was hard for us it to. Sucks. You know, you're, you're preaching to the choir on on the inconsistency of what essential means. Everybody, every business is essential. Yeah. In, in a smaller shop like yourselves, who are hands on and can monitor the who's coming in, who's coming out, and do a better job of cleaning and social distancing, and but yet you know you're not on the same playing field as the big box. It's yeah. Just, it's disappointing. And you know what's crazy too, Kim is. Um, bikes right yeah if you're a bike store you're essential right skateboard and what's crazy what's crazy is um in in jersey right you know farius yeah so farius uh i think i saw them post they they were able to to they were carrying bikes before and then um that deemed them essential and I had told my uh, other account, who's not a surf shop, it's a boutique, right? And it's called uh, Galvanic. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, I go, and he was still closed. He goes, yeah, you know, we're not essential or blah, blah, blah. I go, dude, 
this uh, this store is a surf shop, but they they sell bikes, and that deems them essential, and that and they've been open since beginning of May. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know? And I think Huntington Surf and Sport did the same thing. They started carrying those uh, Super yeah. Seventy Three, uh, you know, motorized bikes, and they were they were allowed to open in the beginning of May too. That's cool. Yeah. Well, here's how dumb we are. Got a worker. Yeah. Here's how dumb we are. A couple of years ago, might have been three years ago, Starboard, um, they they had an electric bike. It's called something different. You know, we carry Starboard, a bunch of Starboard stand-ups. And um, so, you know, we brought in some of those electric bikes. Yeah, I got talked into it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we do this. We're not a bike shop. And then um, so Anyway, we ended up selling them for a loss. I just want to get rid of them. I'm just tired of them. We move them from, you know, the stand-up section over to the skate section. And it's like, <laughs> and so we sold them at a loss. And then, you know, here a few months later, <laughs> people are pounding the doors for electric bikes. So we're way yeah. ahead of our time. <laughs> you needed a crystal ball. You needed another crystal ball. H- hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yep, always. So, so, so when you... did you guys get into, like, skate- skateboards? Early um, on? Yeah, uh, 1990. We we okay. built a we built a, actually a ramp, and I think it was like the first public ramp on Maui. We built it wow. outside our store, and uh, we'd lock it up at night. And uh, so yeah, we came on strong. We did some skate contests, and um, um, and then um, then they, of course the landlord developed that piece of property where the, <laughs> the ramp was, and we had to take it down. But, but got us off to a flying start, and so we've you know been pretty heavy in the skate ever since. Yeah, um, we we kind of uh, glazed over what I wanted to talk about with your your four locations and your fifty to sixty employees, right? Yep. Like that. The reason why we want to talk about that is is uh, you know remind people what you mean to the communities, you know. Like, think about that. You've been in business since, what, 1984, right? And, and up, you know, you didn't have four stores then. You didn't employ 50 people then. But since then, think of how many hundreds of kids or or, or adults that you have provided a a livelihood, you know? Yeah. No, we've been, uh, I mean, I got this from my parents. We've been community-minded since day one. I mean, that's what's killed probably more than anything, guys. Which was really hurt me is that we have uh, we have four big events in the summer we do, and uh, just that's just in the summer. But we do a cakey surf contest, pre pre contest. We do it yep. with um, with Reef uh, Kazuma Surfboards and Honolulu Surf Company. We do the Oli Longboard contest. Um, we do it with a local restaurant, the Kitchen, which just closed by the way. It they, they used to do it eleven hundred covers a day they're the best local plate lunch on the island they just close oh. um, so we used to do that with uh with quicksilver and this year it's gonna uh, olakai's brought on board um we do a fishing and diving tournament at 600 600 entrance free free tournament wow. um, we uh did that with some i organized it we did it, it got some local shops involved and then um then we did a, a, some windsurfing races that we've done since 19 gosh 1985 and uh, this year we are going to do the nationals again. We've done the nationals like four or five times. 
So that's what hurts me the most is that we haven't been able to do any of those. Yeah. And even with the, the Keiki Surf Contest, the, the county gave us all these parameters to, to hoops to jump through for, um, for COVID-19, which we were willing to do, you know, um, no parents, no spectators, you know, taking temp, you know, have nurses meet them in the parking lot, kids drop off, social distancing, you know, only five in a heat, five at a time. So they wouldn't be close to each other. Um, had all the, um, all their gear, they bring it down. We had, uh, the color of the jerseys marked the box that we have with the same color. We put their stuff in. I mean, went through all this stuff. We had to clean the bathrooms every half hour, public bathrooms. We had to do that. We were willing to do that. And then the day before, I don't know if you remember Hurricane Douglas. Yeah. You know, anybody that knows anything about weather knew it wasn't going to hit a Saturday. You know, maybe Saturday, uh, maybe Sunday, but not Saturday. But no, our mayor pulled the plug and we couldn't oh. have the contest on Saturday. Pulled it Friday oh. afternoon. And it's like, and then, of course, we got a little bit of rain, got surfed for four hours, but really nothing, you know, it, it, it turned a couple of degrees, which I understand Sunday would be okay, air on the side of safety, but Saturday. And then, um, and then after that, you know, they had a little spike on Oahu, then he just, he totally pulled our permit, you know, I wanted to redo the, the kids contest and do the only longboard contest, pulled our plug for that. And then also for the fishing and diving. So it's just like such a bummer, you know, and we could have done it safely, you know, and kids need something. I mean, there's no sports going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and there's not going to be any, you know, uh, boys like California, they pushed all the fall sports, football, everything back to January. Yeah. 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 What's the general, general consensus with like the small business owners? You just said one of the, you know, Plate lunch, one of the premier plate lunch businesses went out. I mean, what are the locals? I mean, we want to make sure people don't get sick, but I mean, you, you know, if not, all the businesses are going to go gone. Well, I, I think the business owners are the ones, you know, like ourselves, we're worried, obviously. Um, but you got to remember with the stimulus check, average guy not hurting. So they Maybe don't more. feel the urgency to get open. And uh, so the mayor's not getting any pressure. I mean, we guys, we had one case in the last 24 hours. That's kind of the way it's been. Maui's been super good. Oahu's spiking a little bit. I understand. They had like 138 cases yesterday. Um, that's fine. But, you know, don't lock us down like Oahu. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they close all the beach parks to get on Oahu. You know, I'm afraid our mayor might do the same thing just to follow suit. You know, he's, he's, that's kind of his M.O. I yeah. mean, he's a good guy. But um, you can't keep us down forever. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you got to keep, keep the kids busy. You got to keep the businesses open. You got to get, get the schools open and, I mean, move forward. I agree, guys. Yeah. Um, so how many, during normal times, you have people that are like full-time and part-time and yeah. 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 And you pay a lot of, uh, taxes on, on, uh, right. I mean, yeah. And health insurance, you know, it's in in Hawaii. It's a good law. It's always been that way. You know, if they work at least 20 hours a week, you got to provide health insurance. Yeah. Uh, And that's another great thing about, you know, your business, your surf shop is your, providing health insurance for people that work enough hours. And that's like something that we always want to, you know, bring up and remind people. It's like, man, you know, it, 
it's important to support the local surf shops, you know, because they're holding it down for the community, you know. So, yeah, I mean, when you when you buy a pair of board shorts from, you know, a company store, say a Billabong or Rip Curl or Quicksilver, or you buy the the Hui, you know, nineteen dollars short from Costco, that money's not staying on Maui. Right? Yeah. Everything that they spend here goes back to the community. You know, we support the local radio stations. We support the local newspaper. Uh, we, we support the local schools, you know. They always, you know, for silent auctions and all this other stuff, they're coming to us, which yeah. is fine. But, uh, um, yeah, it's... Uh, and speaking of your local community, like, you're, 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 you're thriving. The silver lining right now is you're, you're, you've done really well since you've opened, right? We've been blessed. Yeah. yeah. Selling a lot of boards and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. What's crazy is, you know, that's that silver lining of, of uh, pent up demand. And like you said, there's no sports. So all they could do is surf and skateboard, which is two great healthy things. Yeah. I, it's kind of uh, surprising and, and um, amazing because, I mean, Maui's a freaking island. <laughs> right yeah. and and how what's the what's the population um i think the 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 local population is about 160,000 yeah so so right now the attention and focus is all happening thankfully in, in your you know in your zone and and yeah. you're you're reaping the benefits of of you know the local community support which you should always have and and a, and a pandemic shouldn't be the the deciding factor of, of where your where locals dollars are being spent. Yeah. Right. And, and they're all, they're also supporting the fishing and diving uh, stores, the local ones, and the bike shops too. So yeah. they've all you know been been busy, which I'm stoked because those are all locally owned. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, local is here, but tourism is also here, and and I mean, eventually, you know, you need. Both. to get that balanced you're yeah. gonna need tourism to kick back in sooner than later because i mean this this cash could be running out who knows when i mean i guess it got extended for, for a little bit less but um yeah i mean you're in a tourist destination whether we're in huntington we got the same thing here at the big surf shops it's like they need that that tourism yeah definitely do what what uh you probably, I don't know, I don't think anybody knows, but is there a timeline that, that uh, has been thrown out there about, um, you know, opening opening the airports back up for for uh, international travel or no? Well, the, the date was September 1, but, you know, the way that, the way uh, you know, our governor's talking and the way our mayor's talking, uh, you know, they're tart, you know, even our mayor, I saw, you know, in, in, the, in the newspaper today, he wants to, you know, rain things in again. So I, I'm thinking October 1st at the earliest. I think it's going to be extended again. Wow. So it's just, it's just too easy for them to do that, you know. Um, even though, like I say, we've had one case, 160,000 people in the last 24 hours. But a case is a case. It's, you know, it should be, you know, like deaths should be, a more deciding factor on how many cases and how many deaths. I don't know. I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah, it's crazy. 
Don't get us started. <laughs> I feel for you guys. Uh, yeah. I, we've had to postpone like four trips to Oahu. We got a place over on the North Shore, and it's been challenging. Very challenging. Yeah. 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 My wife's in quarantine right now because she went to go see our daughter in Oregon, you know, and uh, she couldn't wait any longer. New baby, and uh, uh, she goes out of quarantine. So. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. How many how many uh, grandkids you got? Three. Three, nice. Yep. Awesome. How many kids do you have? Um, we've got well, we have. <laughs> I've got three boys, and she has two uh, boy and a girl, so we have five. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. Your boys grow up on Maui, or? Yeah, they're Maui boys, born and raised. And uh, in fact, my oldest son, he's a. He's a, a pilot in the Air Force, and he just uh, stopped by on Wednesday for a refueling. And, uh, yeah, so I, we got to see him. We took him lunch. You know, took all the crew lunch on the plane, and uh, he was he was on the ground for maybe 45 minutes. Wow. So, but I hadn't seen him in over a year, and he's my one of the three boys is a full-on surfer. So uh, Nice. Uh, Where is he stationed? We did a, a half-hour surf stretch, huh? <laughs> uh, he, I wish. He wishes. But, uh, he yeah, yeah, he's he was special ops for about uh, oh gosh, eight years. You know, he did all the Afghanistan, Iraq, and and Syria, and Somalia, and all that stuff. And now he's 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 on the presidential airlift. So now he's flying dignitaries around. He flies out at Andrews Air Force Base now in D.C. So uh, um, he still hasn't surfed Virginia yet or New Jersey, but hopefully soon. So yeah, yeah, there's some good waves over there when those hurricanes come. Yeah, now he loved being. He was stationed in Florida for a while. In fact, he bought a house down there, and he loved surfing the Gulf. You know, he uh, surfed all the time. That's kind of where you decompress. Yeah, that's what he said when he was always deployed. He said that's what kept him going, thinking about surfing. Wow, that's crazy. I wanted to talk about a, a special event you 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 put on over in Hawaii that probably a lot of people never even heard of or thought of. But there's snow. <laughs> in hawaii there's it snows on the big island how'd you and, hear about that <laughs> he's an investigative and reporter dude i uh i, I do my uh, homework and um that was digging digging deep there good job digging deep. <laughs> and uh i i mean how amazing is it to be able to like get a couple runs in and how often i mean does it snow and do you get to get over and and, and shred some turns and, and tell us about this event well before I got involved with high tech, um, I was living on Maui, and I'd always wanted to ski over there. You know, being a skier, obviously, and my, you know, my mom being from Hilo and having family there. Um, so we decided the next time it snows, we're gonna go over there. You know, because I had my skis with me, um, we're gonna go over there. We hooked up with this guy, Dick Tillotson's his name. I'm sure he's long, long passed away, because that was probably 1981 or something, and. Uh, he, he ran a thing called Ski Hawaii, which is crazy. And so we flew into Hilo, met him in Hilo, and he had this old Ford pickup. He had this, like, stainless steel box on the back, and he had picnic benches back there. So we jumped in, and uh, there's probably four or five of us, I guess. We went up the back, smelling exhaust all the way up, and the snow, we got up to the top. The snow was actually good. We skied for a couple hours, and, uh, you know, he'd drive back down and pick us up and take us back up, you know, by the telescopes to the summit. And then, um, so that was his like ski lift was the truck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this couldn't have been any 
good business because it didn't snow that much. Some years it doesn't snow at all. And so, but then when I learned how to snowboard, I thought, gosh, it'd be great to have a contest up there. So, um, and we were selling snowboards and stuff, you know, back in the day. That was early 90s. And uh, Wait, you were selling snowboards on Maui? Yeah, we were a Burton dealer. Yeah, we sold a bunch of snowboards, actually. Um, yeah, uh-huh. When you spend the money to go to the mainland to go snowboarding, you don't want to waste a day of that vacation looking for, you know, clothes, gloves, long underwear. So we sold everything. And um, up until last year when Burton took our dealership away, you know, new, 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 uh, new chairman or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, we still sell some snowboard stuff, but we don't sell hard goods anymore. But anyway, so anyway, I thought oh, it'd be great to have a contest there. So next time it snowed, um, we decided to do it and, uh, called a buddy of mine on the big Island and he cut, cut some bamboo that, that, uh, that morning we flew in the morning of went to the summit or I think we flew in the night before actually. And then, uh, stayed in a hotel. Drove up, set a course, did a border cross, and it was awesome. We just nice. coconut wireless guys from Oahu came over, Kauai from Kona drove up, and then um, we did a couple more. And then one year we brought shovels up and we we dug a hit. So then we had a big air contest and a border cross. In fact, Keone Watson, he was Keone rips. He was at some wedding in Kona, and uh, and we had told him about it, and he drove up and he he entered it and competed in it. So. No, it was fun. So uh, we, uh, you know, gave away some prizes. Had some T-shirts made up to Mauna Kea Snowboard Championship T-shirts, and so I think we did like three contests. And then I've just been too busy, you know. And then yeah. now the Mauna Kea thing, there's no way you could do it now because, you know, with the telescopes and all that stuff. But, Crazy. Yeah. So you did it for three years. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. The last, one was, <laughs> the last one was ninety-seven or ninety-eight. I don't know. Yeah. Burton, uh, Burton would underwrite the insurance and gave away some prizes and stuff. I mean, it was just fun to do. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The guys went up there because they loved to snowboard. That's all. That's all that brought them up there. Yeah. And we'd bring oxygen up. We all get headaches, you know, because we go up there so fast, the thirteen seven from from uh, you know sea level. We bring oxygen, but we always be so stoked that we forgot to take the oxygen because you got to take it as you're going up. Yeah. And we all have these horrible headaches, and then until we got back down to sea level. That's, That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. In fact, my oldest son, I remember, he was nine. I go, okay, he's going to be the youngest ever to snowboard Mauna Kea, this Bailey, my, uh, the pilot. And uh, we got up there, and he was so altitude sick, he could not move. So I had to leave him in the, in the, uh, in the Jeep, you know, passed what? out, because we got, we got a contest to run. And uh, fortunately, his mom wasn't there. And so <laughs> when the contest was over, we, we drove down, and then finally about Saddle Road, he was awake, and then... We we're trying to make our flight. We we're, you know, out of Hilo, there's not a lot of flights, especially, you know, to, to Maui. And so we didn't have time to stop. So my buddy, Captain Chris, held Bailey out the window so he could throw up and, uh, as we were on the, on the highway. And then uh, we made our plane. And, and then one of the other, I think she was a buyer at, at the time, Wendy Aguera. We got to the counter at the Aloha Airlines. She threw up <laughs> on the counter. Yeah, but uh, we made it back. That's amazing. Good digging, though. Good memory. I, like I love snowboarding. I saw that, and I'm like, that is incredible. I want yeah. To for sure. Yeah. I mean, what a novelty. But, yeah, I mean, you get, it does snow. I mean, who would have known that there's a, a mountain 13,000 feet high? And, yeah, I mean, it's cold enough and high enough. 
Yeah, and it doesn't take a lot of snow to cover because it's, it's got these little cinder, lava cinders, and uh, so it doesn't take a lot of snow, and it's really smooth, so you can carve some big turns. And, too, I, I want to mention Kevin Akiyama because he owned Big Island Surf back in the day. Yeah. And then he was the guy, the last two contests we had, would cut the gram, the bamboo that morning for our gates. And then we had some, you know, Mauna Kea gates that were still screened and tied them. And so, yeah, it was it was pretty hokey, but it worked. Yeah. That's awesome. So Did you guys have prize money, too? No, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool trophy and a, and a, and a fun day. Yeah. yeah, everybody got a free T-shirt, and uh, yeah, I think we had some, some trophies, and uh, yeah, Burton and Morrill gave us Morrill snowboards back in the day gave us some stuff I think to give away, but yeah, it was a novelty for yeah. sure. So you you have a, a a surf team, yeah? We do. Nice. Yeah. Who's on your surf team? Well, <laughs> we have a shop team. Normally, we were like the first sponsors of all the guys, like Ian Walsh and Shane Magnuson, and. Uh, um, gosh, Ola Eliogram, um, Dusty Payne, uh, yeah, I just... So you were there like... Uh, Jackson Bunch, Eli Hanneman, I mean, uh, Emi, um, yeah, Cody Young. So um, when they were like Groms, you, you were like, they're the shop kids. Yeah, we kind of gave them their first ad in pre-surf. Um, you know, we were, we were fortunate, we, uh, Matt Kinoshita was really the early shaper, you know, Kazuma surfboards for for almost all those guys so yeah he was he was a talent scout you know back in the day and for us and so yeah we've worked out and still we're still associated with Eli, ian and ola and, and jackson and eli and, oh kyle lenny he's another well talk to us too about like how your involvement with the the maui interscholastic league and is that part of the HSSA or was it just your Maui division? Yeah, what we did was, um, you know, since I coached wrestling at Lahaina Luna High School, I could see but these surfers, a lot of these talented surfers weren't really into school. You know, and it's yeah. like, and there was no, even though they're great athletes, surfing was their deal. So I started unofficial Maui Scholastic Surf Championship back in, um, gosh, I don't know, it was 27, uh, 26 years ago. So, um, and so I recruit coaches and, um, so all these teams would have a, uh, high schools that would have a club team and we'd have one meet each year, either at Lahaina Harbor or at Hokipa. And all these guys, you know, surfed on their team, whether it was Ian or Kai Barger or Shane or, uh, yeah, all these guys were, uh, surfing on their high school teams. Wow. And, and then we, we made a pitch to try to get it to be a, a DOE sport, Board of Education. And I went to countless state uh, Board of Education meetings because Hawaii, we're all under one umbrella. It's one it's one school district. And they keep shooting it down. They go, oh, there's never going to be surfing in high school ever. I'll be over my dead body. And um, so and I, and I got guys like Ian, so who's really articulate. You guys know he was valedictorian at King Kekalika High School. Really wow. sharp. Got his mom. She was a teacher. You know, I get people that were really sharp people to testify and they still shoot it down. Wow. And so we continue to do this unofficial one for 19 years. Um, and, uh, then finally they, uh, they, they, they approved it, approved it 10 to nothing after all this lobbying. And this awesome. was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the only one lobbying, you know, you know, Brian, Brian Kailana came on and some other, you know, North shore notables, uh, yeah. came to the meetings on Oahu and, but, 
But um, we finally got it, and then, uh, okay, so then DOE got it and said, okay, we got to make some rules now. So by the time they came out with the rules, the other couple years, and then the rules were so restrictive, it was like unbelievable. Yeah. How could you do this? And uh, so anyway, um, we said, screw it on Maui. We're going to try to do it. And, and my, uh, my, my brother's an administrator over here. Not that he helped us, but these administrators knew him, respected him. So when I came, I just wasn't some surf shop owner trying to, you know, build this business because I never came across like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so finally we, we took it, we took a shot at it. We still didn't get it approved by even the Maui athletic directors and uh, principals. And then finally a friend of mine who was a surfer, he was an athletic director, Kavika Casco at Maui Prep. He goes, come, come and make a pitch. I go, really? I've been down that road before. They're never. And he goes, no, just one more time. So I did, and they they actually voted to have it on Maui, and so we uh, we complied because we're the only sport where all our coaches have to take a certified clinic every two years. Archie Kalepa has taught it every year we've done it. He volunteers his time. It's two day course with uh, life saving skills, ocean uh, ocean rescue. Uh, they have to yeah, pass swim tests, all these different things. CPR, first aid. Um, and, uh, so we have all our coaches every two years, and it's, you know, not, all, you know, some would take an odd year, but we do this before they can even coach and they're not paid to do this. And, but yeah. now as, as a coach, as they get paid like a football coach or a baseball coach or whatever. And so we've done it seven years now. Awesome. And, uh, so like, like Hana, they'll drive out, uh, Kelly Everett's a coach, really good surfer. He's done contests and stuff, but, um, he drives the yellow, little yellow school bus filled with surfboards out to Lahaina, Fleming, Okipa. Uh, it's pr it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome now. Yeah. Well, dude, that's amazing. So, so yeah. I'm the co coordinator for the league, obviously. So, uh, and so I we put on all the contests. So, but yeah, I gotta I mean, tell you, I, I've got the kind of Billabong, and TS restaurants, which is Dukes, Chemos, um, Leilani's, and. Um, Hula Grill are the three sponsors. I don't even have high tech. It's not even associated. I don't have any logos on anything. Uh, logos aren't down there because I don't want people to think I'm doing this for high tech. It's not yeah. for high tech for the yeah. kids. Yeah, it's for, it's for the youth and to keep kids in school. And you would think it'd be a no brainer with surfing in, in Hawaii and how big it is. It's like, why all the red tape, man? Yeah. And you guys did it the right way. You got certified, one for safety. You probably had to do it for insurance, but you know, it's just something to make sure that the kids have a positive outlet. You know? Yeah. And turn and, and turn surfing and scholastics together. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. What's the whole point of scholastics anyway? Yeah. It's for a well-rounded, well-rounded uh, uh, student athlete and whatever benefits you can get from playing football, you can get from surfing just as well. Yeah. So coaches just tell me they got kids now who want to be eligible so they're studying. They're doing this. I mean, it's, there's all kinds of success stories. How, how a kid freshman year wasn't even in school. By the time they're a senior, they're on honor roll because they're on the surf team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All it's, it takes is a little bit of peer pressure and, you know, some good waves. And you're like, wait, I can't. I better study. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Especially now because this, the sponsorship thing and, you know, is almost disappeared in surfing. It's like. This is one way to get recognition, right? Yeah. And, uh, so it's uh, it, it, the thing is, it's hard to believe. Is that a Wahoo 
Kauai, Big Island still don't have DOE sanctioned surfing. That's a trip. Yeah. Oahu, yeah, you'd think it'd be first up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of opposition there. Well, you obviously got some uh, good team riders and, and, and rippers over in Maui because you guys won the Oakley Surf Shop Challenge in 2018. We did. High Tech yeah. won that. It was Woo! the first time we'd ever beat the Oahu guys. Because our guys fly out. our guys fly over the morning of the contest, <laughs> drive down to, to the Bulls, right? Yeah, to Bulls, and uh, and usually we always get second or third or something, but never won it. So I think I think TNC or HIC were were, were, were not stoked. Yeah. <laughs> who was who was on your roster? Well, that. To, that, we, um, that winning team was um, uh, that was Emai the uh, Vault, Emai Kalani, and Cody Young, and then John Chu, our surfboard buyer, who's in his fifties, you know. Nice. And uh, Keone Perkins, and then uh, when we when they went to Nicaragua, they let me go to Nicaragua. Uh, Cody and Emai had QSs, so then we got uh, we pulled out two guys out of retirement, Kai Barger and Ola Iliogram. Nice. So, uh, yeah, and that, that was the best trip ever. Those guys were so much fun. I was laughing the whole time. And, so uh, Nicaragua is where the finals were, right? Yeah. Colorado? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. You guys know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just had the best time. So, you, uh, what house did you stay at down there? I don't know. Don't they all have pools and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the beach, pools, coconuts on the... Yeah, no, those guys were so much fun. I mean, that I could see why shops love love to win their regional yeah that was, uh, yeah that was that was awesome so, it's such a great concept and and, and and there's nothing better than getting shops in different locations i mean it's there to win but just to just to bounce out like surf stoked and and everything about like what you're doing in your own region and and it's probably a fun week well all the shops are super i mean our guys party with everybody but I think Sunrise from Florida was a little too serious. You know, I don't know if they went, to, <laughs> they went there to win again. They're like the multi-time champions, and our guys went to have fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a long trek for you guys too. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. I know. Keone had to get a passport, man. We were worried he couldn't get one. So, uh, <laughs> oh, and then uh, on the way back, Kai got pulled out of the line because oh, we thought we had John and I had the global the global whatever pass, you know, yeah, stay in line. And we thought we could take other guys with us. And uh, so we said, oh, come on, come on, come with us. So Ola and, uh, and uh, Keone went through with John and I had Kai with me and they go, what are you doing? That's just for you. I go, oh, I didn't know. So they pulled Kai out and, and grilled him. I mean, he was, his eyes got so big. I felt b bad for him. And uh, he almost missed our next flight. <laughs> it makes for a good story though, right? Ah, great story, but, but but Kai worries about things anyway, so that was just like double the worry, you know? Yeah. Nice. So, um, speaking of surf trips, uh, a couple questions we always ask is, what was your most memorable, memorable or best surf trip? Is that one of them? Uh, no. It, not, no, that, that was fun for camaraderie, but... I went on a couple trips to Tavarua with Billabong and Volcom, uh, our, our two, our Volcom rep, Keone Watson, including me, and, and Clint Moncotter, a Volcom rep. Those are super fun. Uh, my wife got to go on one of them. But, but no, really, you know, now um, uh, we love going to Roti. 
And uh, in fact, we uh, we bought into a place there um, uh, this last year, and uh, my wife loves it, and the people we're partnering with are great people, and so. Where's that uh, again? Sorry. Roti. It's the southernmost island in Indonesia. Oh wow! Yeah, so I've been there probably six times, I think maybe. And uh, yeah, for 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 my style and what we do, we just and now we're just foiling, you know. And there's so many waves there that you can foil. That's just super fun. So Indonesia, huh? Yeah. Damn, I'm gonna have to. I'm away from home. I'm gonna have to it's Google good, that one. It's a good family spot. You yeah. know what? It's, it's really good for families. It's a Christian island, and the people are really friendly and uh, super safe. And uh, there's a lot of really good waves around there, and so uh, it's a little harder to get to, but for us, it's worth it. Yeah, sounds bunch amazing. It's a little softer, you know. Yeah. We have a bunch of barrels, but uh, for old farts like us, it's super fun. Yeah. Um, have you ever? Did you ever get a chance to go to any of the wave pools yet? And what's your no. thoughts on wave pools? I think it's awesome. Our, uh, our two of our buyers have went with Reef and they had it. Yeah. In fact, Tasha, we're still looking at the barrel she got at Kelly's ranch, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I think it's great. I mean, I, I like watching the contest, you know, the other day. So, yeah. That's uh, all good for surfing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, if, if outer known has a day and, and we're all free to travel again, you know, you're definitely going to get invited. So, Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, wait, pools. I, I just watched that rumble. What was the uh, rumble? Rumble at the, the ranch. ranch. Rumble at the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Those guys are ripping. That way looks so good. The Did, girls. The girls are unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Yeah, women's surfing has has gone up several notches in the past couple of years, huh? Everything. It's, all surfing. Yeah. <laughs> crazy are you are you still seeing a lot of new uh groms taking to surfing out there is there a new crop of uh you know talent yeah there's there's so much talent here but it's funny that some of these guys because of kai lenny they're doing all kinds of stuff yeah so now we got a, we got a bunch of kids that are that are wing foiling i mean little guys yeah all these little 2.6 wings and they're they're foiling. I mean, it's pretty amazing. What what Kai has opened up the door and floodgates. For yeah, guys to try all different kind of stuff. It's yeah, cool. You mentioned Eli Henneman, dude. That kid is El Fuego. Like it's uh, <laughs> he's right. He's uh, what is he? Fifth, seventeen now or eight? Yeah, he's, he's I think he's seventeen. He's got yeah. he's got a big truck now. <laughs> yeah, it's. Him and uh, Baron Mamiya, right? Those like those kids, they didn't come out of nowhere, but just all of a sudden, they're f like front page news, you know? Yeah, and, and the thing is, I don't know Baron, but Eli's the nicest kid. He's got a great family. That's awesome. Just very humble. And you know, two, one right behind him is Jackson Bunch, another another talented kid. Jackson um, Bunch. Yeah, yeah. You're okay. gonna be hearing a lot, a lot more about him. I think he won the ISA Worlds. Oh wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but uh, I have to check him out. I've been yeah. I've been watching that Jackson Dorian kid just do helicopters oh. in the air. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, mental. The the apple didn't far fall too far from the tree on that one. Woo. Mental. Yeah. 
So, um, and uh, where, what other Tabarua? Any any other places you've gone? Like that's you know memorable. Um, you live in Hawaii. I know you don't really need to travel. You got good ways to get around. You had a boat trip through some islands and yeah, and, and Indo, but. Uh, I tell you what, I mean, the camaraderie was super fun because they're all good friends. But, yeah. you know, Roti, just being with your wife and some couples and just relaxing. I mean, I want to get my kids there someday. Yeah. That's yeah. One regret is I haven't got my my boys there, but hopefully one day when you nice. know, they all have regular working jobs. Yeah. yeah. Are they, uh, is your other boys in Maui or did they all split up too? Yeah. Um, my one son, my middle boy's uh, a food server at Duke's. Which nice. has been close, so he, he's just been in the water. He hasn't been working, although he's he's, he's uh, taken an EMT class in a couple of weeks at the community college. Nice. And then my youngest guy Blake teaches uh, school in the inner city, Houston. Wow, so, uh, Houston. Yeah, so he's going to be teaching online for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Crazy. What's your yeah, thought? A... What's yeah, your right. thoughts on the Olympics? Isn't that crazy? Did you ever think uh, you were going to see? Skateboarding and surfing in the Olympics? Um, I don't know. As hard as, um, what's his name? You know, push for it. Um, Fernando? What's that? For, Fern yeah, Fernando. Yeah. yeah. Much as he pushed for it, I, I can relate. You know, it reminds me of trying to get, you know, interscholastic surfing, you know, here. But uh, yeah, my hat's off to him. And uh, no, nah, so stoked. It's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, about time. Yeah, so, I think I think it will do well just because of the, the wow factor and, and not a lot of people are exposed to it in the mainstream, you know, like, you know, kind of spectator. And I mean, what the guys are doing now on waves, it could, you know, they look like ballerinas on the water. It's freaking absolutely crazy. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully they get waves, you know, hopefully it turns out and gets good exposure. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, guys, look at the number of countries that compete in the ISA. People don't even realize yeah. how many of these countries have surf teams it's unreal yeah israel and italy and greece and yeah like they're i mean everybody i, well, I wanted to ask i mean you guys are, are a pretty hardcore like hard goods dealer i mean what about the shapes like you've been seeing like come through whether it's a the firewire or the local shapes js you said you have paisa i mean it's pretty crazy over the years on like the, the way the fun boards come back the, the fishes, the twin fins, like what, what's selling for you guys and what do you guys, you know, what do you guys do well with? Exactly what you just said. Everything. I mean, <laughs> everything. We, we've got, yeah. we've got some, we've got some fishes that have glass on, you know, twenties that, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd see glass ons again and, and, uh, much less, you know, these are beings. We had to ship them over. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just the whole gamut guys. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Especially here, because Maui, everybody's into trying different things, and and, and we have waves. We don't have the best waves. We don't have we don't have Kauai waves or Oahu waves. So, you know, guys adapt to whatever waves we have. And so, yeah. they're small mushburgers. You know, we've got boards for that too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's smart for the the shapers, but also to expose just more fun into the sport. And it's not just hey, I got to be on a you know high performance thruster and like you said, it doesn't work all the time in the different conditions. And, you know, you just, you know, want to go out and, and have the, the most fun or, or rip the hardest. You got to have the right equipment for that day. Well, and a cool thing too, is the, is the leaders. Now they guys know how much volume they need. Yeah. You know, yeah. back in the day where it was six, one, six, two, and 
now you're now you're talking leaders so it's been kind of cool yeah i still haven't adapted to leaders yet man <laughs> mine keep going up that's i know i get a board and the next one i'm like i need a little bit more leader <laughs> i'm still on two and three eighths and two and an eighth and two and a quarter <laughs> <laughs> two and an eighth man that's a that's a I, yeah I, i'm not riding two and an eighth no no well um what about now that we're living through some crazy shit, you know, and, and we're living through it. Is there any, uh, like Lars, this is a Larson question that he put there, put up that I think is, is pretty cool. Like what, what have we learned and, and what would you like to see improve in our industry? Well, well, one thing, you know, being on Mali, all our buyers <laughs> had to fly to Wahoo to see lines, right? Yeah. So now it's been online. And uh, I'm asking them how they're liking it. They go, you know what? It's working. Yeah. yeah. So, which is kind of cool. You know, well, yeah. In fact, Lyndon, you were showing, were you showing Tosh the other day? Yeah. 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 So, um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I think we never thought that would happen. And, you know, of course, they can't touch the fabric and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, that's probably the biggest change I see. You know, the Surf Expo. We love Surf Expo. Yeah. And yep. I think you're a hard goods guy. Um, you're in our industry, surf industry, skate industry. You need to go to Surf Expo, support that show. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, I don't know, Lyndon, if you guys are going to show or if you're going to be, I don't know how you know how it's going to work, but yeah. that would be interesting. Um, I got to say, all our companies have been super supportive when we got shut down and uh, we're thinking, you know, should we, should we declare bankruptcy or what? Or And uh, all the companies, all the surf companies, I should say, worked with us you know um gave us discounts uh, on existing goods on existing invoices and and um and we don't forget that and then we, we go and we're going to support those guys that supported us when things were tough um yeah. so yeah i think probably in our industry that's the biggest thing i've seen uh you know obviously the hard goods guy this is is this just a christmas time for him where their demand is up or is continue i don't think it's going to continue to this amount but I think that we've opened up the whole Pandora's box for new surfers, new skaters. Yeah. So uh, new people. I mean, you know, even though the tourists aren't here, every local will tell you surf breaks here are crowded. Dude. <laughs> yeah. California too. California's been nuts, man. Especially when uh, they were closing beaches everywhere. Huntington oh. was like, Huntington was like one of the only places that never really closed so yeah we've been people from you know la or san diego and and everybody was just yeah trying to find a way to surf and just ridiculous again you're outdoors you're social distancing and uh, it's, it's yeah just don't get me that. started again <laughs> I, i'm we're right there with you i mean we us, me and Linda, I'm not a sales rep if you didn't know for for ruka here on uh, in you know la and orange county you know, I didn't Linden know does, that. Yeah, Lyndon does, um, uh, you know, outer known, but we rely on the sh little shops, the core shops, the mom and pop shops, and, you know, that's our livelihood, and, you know, we're in this together, and we, we you know, we're just frustrated at how things have been happening and, and, the, and the process and the misinformation and the closure and then going forward and stepping, you know, it's just been, you know, been a ping, ping, ping pong match. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. But 
Well, Ruka is one of those companies that's been very supportive, and uh, yep. it's blowing up for us. So you're yep. up in a really good line. Both you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, shoot, man. Yeah. I, I think we, uh, we're we at an hour and a half, Kim. Yeah. Did you think that we would talk that long? Well, I, I hope I haven't been too boring, man. No I, way. <laughs> you, you've, uh, dude, we love talking to, um, entrepreneurs, you know, business people and, yeah. and really just good people that are part of our industry, you know, and we like yeah. to share, you know, your stories and not just, you know, just the aspect of, of supporting a community. You know, that's our, that's one of our main reasons why we started our show is because like, like Larson was saying is like, you guys are our livelihood and, yeah. But, but, you know, and just for us, but your communities and, yeah. and your employees and, and everybody that's in your, you know, your network there. Yeah. Yeah. And how sick was it to hear how you used to slit cow stomachs and empty them? <laughs> yeah. I hope you have some photos of that. I know uh, that was a long time ago, but please tell me you got a couple good photos that we could well, share. I do have a scar on my finger. Because I, I, I was moved to high trim, you know, getting pieces of hide that the hide puller missed. And I had a stainless steel glove on my two fingers and my thumb. And I hit my ring finger and cut off part of my finger. So that's when I <laughs> that's when I got on sick leave for a while. But I still have a scar from that meatpacking job. I don't know if I have any photos. Bro, what what is a stainless steel glove for? Don't well, because you, you don't cut yourself. So I, <laughs> I didn't have it on my last two fingers. And sure enough, I cut off part of my last finger. Oh, my ring, wow. My yeah. You got to have those sharp knives. And didn't. <laughs> well, shoot. Kimball, high-tech yeah. surf. Um, thank you for, for coming on the show. And, and thank you for supporting our brands and, and uh, supporting the, the, the community on Maui and Dude, congratulations wow. on how many years is that? Over 25 years? 38, 80, 82, 38. 38 years of, of doing business and and uh, wow, that that's that's a that's a a commendable thing, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up for some photos and whatever that will because you know we're gonna promote this for the next uh, Whenever we launch it, we'll promote it for like a week. So okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Any any words of advice for for listeners? Oh, there you go. Good. <laughs> one more, one more. Just I, my whole mantra would be so support your local shops. You know, whether it's a grocery store, surf shop, uh, hardware store. You know, I support Ace Hardware here because it's a local store, locally owned. You know, yeah. it's not Home Depot, it's not Lowe's. So support your locals, guys, because they'll support you. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kim. Okay. Mahalo. Okay. All right. Aloha, guys. Peace. Bye. That was great. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.